You are listening to Chthonia, the podcast of the Dark Feminine. Chthonia's logo was designed by J.R. Malpair. Background music is Phantasm by Kevin McLeod. Hello and welcome to Chthonia. Um, my name is Breach Burke. I'm your host, as always. And um, this week uh, we are going to actually. This is the last of my introduction to the tantric goddesses. After this week, we will be getting into the specifics about, um, we'll be talking about specific goddesses again, like we have in past episodes. But because, as I've indicated before, because the tantric system is not necessarily, um, it it might be fairly alien to a Western audience, um, I wanted to at least provide some background and something of an overview so that when I make references to certain things, it's not completely, it's not like you, you know, it still may be somewhat alien, but at least uh, you have some sort of a point of reference for, um, you know, for talking about it in the future. Um, you know, don't want to assume certain um, certain things. Sorry, my laptop just went off there. Um, okay, so today's particular episode, um, I started with a little bit of a piece here um, from something called the Sri Devi Kadgamala Stotra, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. And it has a lot, it's a, um, that is a stotra, we're going to talk about that stotra and one other one, uh, with regard to worship of something called the Sri Chakra or the Sri Yantra, okay? Um, now, this, uh, the Sri Chakra I talked about in the um, first of our tantric series, it's basically a, um, a yantra or a symbol, um, and it's a chakra because chakra, as I indicated, means wheel, so this is, um, it's actually in the shape of a wheel generally with, um, you know, two levels um, of lotus petals. One has eight, one has 16. And then there are nine triangles that intersect to form 43 smaller triangles uh, with a bindu in the middle. And uh, and I'm going to, and of course, if you're watching the YouTube version of this, uh, I will have an image of this uh, available. And I'll also try to post one on social media uh, of the Sri Chakra. If not, I mean, it's easy enough to look up. You can look it up under a, di- a variety of spellings, SRI and then Yantra, Y-A-N-T-R-A, or Sri Chakra, S-R-I, and then C-A-K-R-A, or C-H-A-K-R-A, either way. Um, you'll If you do a Google image search um, and you're not looking at a visual of this, then you can see what the, uh, what the Sri Chakra looks like. And um, now the Sri Chakra is extremely important when we're talking about tantric goddesses um, because uh, really the, the, the Sri Chakra, it's considered to be the quote-unquote quote, king, maybe really the queen of all chakras because it um, it's basically a sort of a representational model of uh, the cosmos, the universe, and, uh, and human life um, in this kind of yantra form. Now, um, uh, the Sri Chakra is the central... Uh, image of worship for something called the Sri Vidya school, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, which is a, it's a sort of a, a form of tantric Hinduism. And 
Sri Vidya is quite esoteric, and just as we had said earlier about um, sort of folk tantra versus those who believe you have to have a formal guru initiation and so forth, uh, Sri Vidya is one of those schools that uh, it's been described as just being very, quote-unquote, esoteric um, in a lot of places. So therefore, not a lot is known by about Sri Vidya. Um, to a lot of people, or it, it, it you know, it, it carries, I, even other um, Brahmin Hindus I've talked to uh, don't always seem to have a very clear idea of what Sri Vidya is. So, you know, I'm going to <clears throat> talk a little bit about uh, the, the different inflections of that. But the worship of the Sri Chakra is central, mainly, and, and as it was um, described in, in one place, um, I, have, I have several sources that I'm actually going to quote from throughout this podcast, but it, the way it was described was that, you know, there are, if you had to do puja for each of the these sort of manifestations of uh, Mahatripura Sundari, who is this, um, she who is beautiful in the three worlds, okay? Um, and she is one of the, um, <clears throat> she's sort of a, um, equated with Sodashi, which is one of the, uh, she's actually one of the Mahavidyas. And... It, so she is, you know, she, it, you know, and sometimes you refer to her as Lalita Tripura Sundari. Lalita is often sometimes referred to um, in different ways. My understanding is that it's related to the word Lila, which has to do with play or playfulness. So the goddess who plays, the beautiful goddess who plays in the three worlds, and she is actually, you know, a manifestation of that. But there are there are these forty three um, triangles, you know, this the, the, if you when we go through the uh, the Sri Chakra. There are so many names associated with the Devi here that if you had to do a puja to each and every one, I mean, it would it would take you a year. I mean, it just it's it's a very laborious process. Thus, um, as it was explained by one guru, the Sri Chakra is sort of a a, um, a a summary worship, if you will. It's it gives you a chance to um, recite, a, a, you know, with with the proper focus and you know the proper mudras and uh, visualizations. That this by itself can be um, a, a form of uh, of prayer and worship um, without having to do all of those individual pujas. So, um, so the Sri Chakra is kind of like any yantra. It's kind of a um, an image that that summarizes the characteristics of that particular deity. In this case, the the great Devi, um, and, and specifically identified with uh, Tripura Sundari. Um, now there's a there's a sort of 3D version of the Sri Chakra that is often referred to as the Maha Meru, okay, and uh, so where you you actually see the triangle sort of um, scaling upward almost in a, a pyramidical form. So it's like you know the the, um, <clears throat> the great mountain, you know the the mountain, the mother, you know sort of this motherly mountain. Um, so you so there are representations of that as well, and then you'll see representations of say Shiva on the Sri Chakra, um, uh, you know along with other um, other devies, other representations. Um, it's quite a central um, image for having to do with the the center of creation and what you know, and creation emanating outward from the center of the Sri Chakra uh, in, into the the universe that we have. Okay. Uh, now, like as I mentioned, there's nine triangles that intersect to form forty three smaller triangles with the bindu in the center, and there's also nine rings in the Sri Chakra, each representing a different level. And each level corresponds to a mudra. A mudra is a type of uh, hand gesture. Okay, you'll you'll see them. Um, uh, obviously, in a podcast, I can't show you these mudras, but um, you generally you can you can. There's actually videos where you can see the mudras that go along with this uh, particular 
uh, thing. And the mudras, of course, all represent um, different different things or different, um, usually different characteristics of, of a god. Um, for example, there's a mudra of fearlessness, okay, um, that <clears throat> you'll see a lot of the statues, you know, making the these particular hand symbols that, that uh, represent that. So it corresponds to a mudra, it corresponds to a yogini, okay, which is a sort of a specialized kind, special kind of um, <clears throat> deity or, or spirit, um, and a, a specific form of uh, Tripura Sundari. Now, um, on the nine levels, uh, I'll tell you what the nine levels are. You know, doubt, doubt you'll remember them, but they are easy enough to um, look up if you uh, find a copy of the Sri Devi Kadgamala Stotra, which I'll talk about in a minute. And again, when I when I opened, I opened with a clip from that. Um, let me let me give credit on that one too. Uh, the opening clip uh, from the uh, Sri Devi Kadgamala Stotram is by uh, Nitya. Uh, so the, uh, let me get the right name here. Um, yeah, Nitya Santoshini. Yeah, that's that's the um, one who uh, who sang that particular one. And you can actually find that uh, version on YouTube if you look up Sri Devi Kadgamala Stotra. They have the um, the actual words to it, and they do have kind of an English translation of sorts. It's uh, like a lot of the English translations of these. It's not perfect but um, it gives you an idea. So, okay. So the nine levels of the Sri Chakra. Uh, um, the Triloka Mohana is the outermost square, which is usually traced in three lines and interrupted by four recessed portals. So you only see it kind of inside of this square that's kind of, you know, got these little um, ridges around it. Okay. And there's three, if there's only three lines. Okay. So that's the, the outer level. Then there's the Sarvasa... Uh, Paripuraka, which is the outer lotus, cons which consists of 16 petals. Okay. Then there's the Sarva um, Samkshopana, the inner lotus, which consists of eight petals. And uh, sorry, I'm just trying to, I know what these words are, but I'm just trying to make sure I, I say them properly. Sometimes I, I, I mix the letters up while I'm looking at them. Um, so then there's the Sarva. Sobagaya Dayaka, okay, the, the outermost ring of small triangles. There's 14 total in the outer ring. Then there's then there's the uh, Sarvarta Sadaka, which is the next ring of ten of triangles, ten total. And then the Sarva Rakshakara, a smaller ring of ten triangles. Then Sarva Rogahara, a ring of eight small triangles. The Sarva Siddhiprada, which is one small triangle containing the bindu at the center. And then Sarva Anandamaya, which is the Bindu, with Bindu being the little dot right in the center. And it seems like a little thing, but actually the Bindu is very important because that is sort of the central spot. Um, the Bindu, um, Bindu, when we think of it, um, we see a lot of, um, uh, in Indian culture, a lot of times you'll see that people will wear like a red dot sort of in the, on the, um, the forehead between the eyebrows, uh, just sort of just above, actually. Um, and you also see, um, you know, not, well, not only people sometimes wear the red dot, a lot of those usually have to do with one's marital status and, and so forth. But sometimes you'll see, like, um, use, people use vibhuti, which is kind of a white powder, which they will put on that part of the forehead as well. Sometimes it'll just be a dot, sometimes it'll be stripes. Um, and also um, <clears throat> the, uh, uh, what is it? Gosh, what is the what is the red called? I'm trying to think of it. Um, 
it's like a vermil it's like a vermilion it's it's a, it's like a red paste <clears throat> that also uh, is used and the uh, the booty is either usually ash or sometimes you uh, have things that are made of sandalwood <clears throat> and they are put there and those are not um those are not arbitrary decorations i think that's why sometimes people get very annoyed when people get these sort of fake bindus and they you know especially people white people who are just wearing them as you know i don't know just part of a, a costume or an outfit because the the bindu has a has a very special significance and it's usually over the Atnya chakra, which is the, um, the sort of third eye center, um, and it, and it's kind of it, it kind of represents, um, you know, I mean, not only does it does, does the bindu have to do with one's um, <clears throat> perhaps one's marital status or one's uh, caste or whatever, but it also, um, you know, they, they also does have a, a very strong religious significance, and different things are worn at different times, and um, I have been to. Hindu um, rituals where you know I've had the bindu um, put on. It's not, and it's not necessarily just a, a decoration. It may actually just be like the vibhuti paste or, or the vermilion paste that they put on your forehead, and um, <clears throat> and it's kind of meant to activate uh, that center. So, um, so this is why some people say you know it's 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 disrespectful to just wear it just as a decoration. I mean, unless, like I said, unless you are in that particular kind of a family and culture and you're wearing it. Um, for those cultural reasons. I mean, that is, you know, that, that, you know, it, it's, it's, um, you know, there's some things like I know when people talk about like wearing like multiple gold bracelets or things and people say, oh, well, that's appropriation. And I kind of go, really? I mean, lots of people wear bracelets in lots of cultures, but the Bindu, it's kind of like, yeah, that's, um, that actually, that, that actually has a very special spiritual significance. So, um, so here we have the Bindu as sort of the center point from which, uh, the whole cosmos radiates. Okay, so that's what the the Sri Chakra um, represents visually. Um, now um, I'm going to get into the yoginis and to the other um, aspects of Sri Chakra in a minute, but um, I did want to again. I wanted to just uh, touch again on the idea of Sri Vidya, and Sri Vidya again is is, is de uh, dedicated to Lalita Tripura Sundari. Um, and uh, the idea of Lalita as a goddess who plays kind of um, falls in with the idea of uh, Mahamaya, the goddess, you know, who's the, we think of Maya as meaning illusion, okay? People will talk about the whole universe being an illusion. Um, <clears throat> Joseph Campbell once said, and he actually said it quite well, that um, Western religion had to do with the um, insight of duality. Eastern religion has to do with the insight that transcends duality. So in other words, we Western religions of all kinds, including the ancient, even the, like the ancient Greeks and so forth, um, there's the idea that, you know, and even our idea of the Big Bang, the idea that everything is somehow a unified, formless kind of mass, and then it gets broken into individual separate components. You know, um, again, back to the Adam and Eve story, you know, they're all in the garden, and then once they eat of the fruit, now they know difference, and now you've got, um, you know, it's the knowledge of good and evil, right? Opposites, male and female. Uh, now you know day and night, you know all the opposites. And those are the conditions of life, because those are the conditions of living in space and time. Uh, Eastern religion focuses on the insight that transcends duality. And duality, in this case, is referred to as Mahamaya. The separateness is an illusion, and there is an underlying unity that is focused on. And um, so in this case, it's the idea that this is, this is the play, the universe is the play of the goddess, okay? It's, um, uh, it's this sort of magnificent um, story or narrative or set of narratives that, that plays out, um, both good and bad. 
again, this is not about, um, you know, you know, good versus evil. Um, the story of Tripura Sundari is, is rather interesting. There's, there's some interesting, um, folklore attached to her that is not, um, in, in many ways it resembles the Devi Mahatmayam. It actually, you know, you actually see some of the same deities. For example, you'll see Durga, you know, killing Mahisashura again and, and, and so on and so forth. I just want to see if I, uh, have the text here now that I'm thinking about it. I'm not sure that I've, um, put that here, um, because it has a lot to do with a particular demon called Banda. Okay, and um, it's uh, what happens. Okay, there's a story in which um, Shiva. Uh, remember, after when we mentioned this in the first one, his wife uh, Shakti or Sati, she's she immolates herself. She's dead. So he goes into the forest and broods, and um, you know Parvati ends up being born as sort of the reincarnation of Shakti. And it, it becomes the, the sages never, you know, and the, and the gods know that it's very necessary that Shiva and, and Parvati, you know, get back together again because they are, they are the two opposites that create everything, right? Um, so Kama, the god of desire, who I think I've mentioned is very similar to Cupid in his function, um, Cupid or Eros, uh, has his arrows of love and he aims it at Shiva and hopes that Shiva will, you know, see Parvati and fall in love. But Shiva catches him in the act. And he opens his his third eye, and he burns Kama up into ashes. So, um, okay. And so in this version of the story, uh, the ashes of Kama are taken to create some other kind of being, like a human-type being, human being. And uh, this particular being makes many um, uh, sort of uh, devotions to Shiva, and and wants to learn, and, and you know, and learns from Shiva, learns many mantras and things, and... and um, becomes, you know, devoted. And Shiva, of course, you know, brings him along. And Shiva will say, band, 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 which means good, good, good. So, the, so this this being is known as banda, you know, good. And that's interesting, by the way, you know, again, mixing up our um, our categories here. Because banda, once banda has um, the, the knowledge and the boons that have been given to him by Shiva, he actually becomes... Um, very aggressive, very powerful, very egotistical, and he becomes a menace and a threat to the world. So um, he has to be, you know, but because he has the boons of Shiva again, he, you know, he's somewhat, he's invincible. So he has to be taken down, and um, the, the gods call upon Tripura Sundari to, um, to fight him. And uh, Tripura Sundari, so she appears to him, and he he laughs at her because again, it's an army of women. You know, oh, who are these all these women? They think they're going to defeat me. Um, you know, when he has, when he's just about invincible. But um, as he sends out a demonic emanation, she sends out a goddess that that comes in, um, and 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 you know dispatches that that particular emanation. And again, with the Durga and Mahisashura being one example, and then eventually um, after she. Um, the, you know, the gods that emanate from Tripura Sundari destroy all these other beings. Uh, then Tripura Sundari destroys Banda herself, and it's interesting because who's she destroying? The god, you know, good, the one who is good. Um, that, that that gives you a lot to think about. Um, I think about Alan Watts's statement about uh, plagues of saints. Um, you know, uh, you know, and, and the things that people do because, you know, because it's good for us and we want to keep us safe and we want to, uh, you know, um, you know, we, we, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be allowed to, you know, 
think for ourselves or go outside of a certain boundary because, you know, you know, they're doing it for our own good. So, you know, very interesting, something to think about there. I mean, there may be other ways that you may want to think about that story as well. Um, and I'd love to hear your comments on that if you do. But um, so, yeah, so Tripura Sundari is quite important. And um, she has another, she has a couple of other names that she's referred to, Lalita Tripura Sundari. Uh, one is Sodashi, as I mentioned, which um, I'm going to actually have a whole separate episode on Sodashi because she is one of the 10 Mahavidyas. And I am going to cover the, the Mahavidyas um, as these, um, these dark feminine figures. Although Sodashi basically means 16. Okay, so there's this idea of uh, a goddess who is forever 16. And that has an interesting piece of folklore attached to it, too, about um, a dark-complexioned goddess who makes herself white. So that's, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot to unpack there as well. But I don't necessarily want to get into that aspect right now. I'd rather talk about that separately. Um, another name that we have for this goddess is Shida Jeda Jeshwari, okay? And um, that, that's another form of, um, of the goddess, um, you know, and again... Raja Rajeshwari, I mean, you know, the, 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 you know, Raja has to do with kingship or, you know, and, you know, when you have double that, you know, it's like, okay, she's like the, the greatest, you know, sort of queen or king, you know, uh, queen really, uh, among the goddesses. Okay, so, um, you know, so you, so you have, you know, there's, there's this, you have this mystery that is embodied in the Sri Chakra of this particular goddess. That The Sri Chakra, they say, is the goddess. That is, that is the, um, and then there's a way in which the Sri Chakra is embodied in the human body, with the Bindu sort of being at the um, Sahasrara Chakra, and they kind of show it, um, there's sort of a diagram with it, you know, flowing down through the chakras of the human body. Uh, so... It's a, it's a very, very important symbol, and the goddesses mentioned therein are, are very important because they represent sort of the, the creators and the destroyers of the universe, uh, as it were. Okay. Um, so Sri Vidya is dedicated to the worship of this goddess and uh, tends to be a little bit, again, um, uh, Sri Vidya, you have, the, you have two schools of thought on Sri Vidya. There's some people who will say, well, unless you've been initiated by a proper Sri Vidya guru, um, that you you can't practice Sri Vidya, that none of your work in Sri Vidya will have any effect, and I'll tell you that I think that that's bogus. Um, kind of, I, I agree with those who had written uh, the, the ferocious book who would would take this point of view, and also um, I want to read something from it's actually from the Hindu Encyclopedia, but there's a, another guru who talks about this as well, and the idea is that no, and in fact, I, the reason that I I, I tend to um, think that that's a bogus view is because my own guru encourages people who um, have no background in any of this to recite the Lalita Sahasranama on a daily basis, okay, which is, and, and the Lalita Sahasranama actually um, is, describes, it basically, it, it describes all of the, these, these uh, manifestations of Lalita uh, in her thousand names. And I'm going to play a little bit from, probably just from the end of the Lalita Sahasranama, um, towards the end of this podcast. I'll probably do that. And that's from um, uh, the, the singer of that particular one, just to give proper credit, is Rajalakshmi Sanjay. Uh, and that's also available on YouTube. Um, like I said, on, um, I, I sometimes forget to put links, so I apologize about that. I need to go back and, and make sure I've included 
links that I've promised. But I'll try to link up to this both in the YouTube version and um, you know on, on some of the social media places so that you can find these particular versions uh, online. You might just be able to find them with a simple search anyway. Um, okay, so it's the next thing I want to talk about here. Um, Okay, so I think the first thing I want to talk about is the Sri Devi Kadgamala Stotra, because that is the one that is most um, immediately relevant to the Sri Chakra. Okay, it's it, because it lists all of the deities and all of the yoginis and all the levels associated with the Sri Chakra. That's literally what the whole Stotra is. And what's interesting is, you know, if Kadgamala, a mala is a rosary or a necklace. We talked a little bit about that in the first um uh, first introduction to this. And Kadga is sword. So this is a necklace or rosary of swords. Okay. And it has all the deities, all the powers, all the siddhis. Siddhis is, is a word for, um, of powers and, and desires, um, associated with the Sri Chakra, because all of these things are associated with the life, you know, the creation of, you know, of desire, uh, of, of attraction, of, of, um, and again, of different powers to do different things in the universe. Um, are all listed there. And what the Sri Devi Kadgamala Stotra does, the recitation of each level, um, again, is accompanied by a mudra associated with that particular level. Uh, now, the yoginis associated with each level, I'll just say what they are, but if you listen to a full version of it or read a full version of it, you will see this. Um, it's uh, Prakata Yogini, Gupta Yogini, Gupta Tara Yogini, Sampradaya Yogini, Kolotirana Yogini, this one I always have trouble with. Nigarbha Yogini, okay. Uh, Rahasya Yogini, Atirahasya Yogini, and Paraparahasya Yogini are the yoginis associated with each level of the Sri Chakra. Um, now, in, in one version of this, um, this I'm going to uh, read a little bit from. Um, this was a... Uh, this was uh, translated by uh, P.R. Ramachander. And again, I found this in the Hindu encyclopedia. And um, so they, they talk about what it is and um, and they you know have some definitions here, which I think are useful, which is why I'm going to read them to you. It says, first, what is the Sri Devi Kadgamala Stotra? So Sri Devi refers to Shakti, the Divine Mother. Kadga means sword, Mala means garland. It's another interpretation of Mala. Stotram means hymn or song of praise. So the Kadgamala Stotram is a hymn to the Divine Mother, which is said to bestow a garland of swords upon those who recite it. Um, the Kadgamala Stotra takes us mentally through the Shi Chakra, the mystical geometric representation of the Supreme Goddess. This yantra consists of nine enclosures, each more secret and esoteric than the one before, surrounding a central point or bindu in which the Devi, the Supreme Goddess, here in her erotic form as Kameshwari, is joined in coitus with her consort. As we make our way to the center of Sri Chakra, we pay homage to the 98 yoginis or aspects of Devi by reciting each of their names, who guard the various power points of the chakra along the way. We internalize each yogini to become her. This prepares us to meet the next yogini on our path, and so on until we reach the center. Now, what's the symbolic meaning? Uh, Shakti is the Sanskrit word denoting power or energy. All energy, whether we perceive it from our perspective, is positive or negative. It's the Shakta belief that there is no positive or negative energy. Energy is always the creatrix. Yeah, very important to remember. Um, Einstein said that all matter is energy. Shaktism says all energy, that is, everything in and of the three worlds, is all Devi. 
uh, Shiva is consciousness and is visualized as Devi's consort. Consciousness energized by power equals the universe. Energy animated by consciousness also equals the universe. Love is the desire of Shakti and Shiva to unite as one, the essence of all creation. That is why the Kadgamala Stotra envisions Devi in coitus with her consort. This implies that Shakti is fully animated by Shiva, so energy fully animated by consciousness. She is, in fact, in an eternal state of creative orgasm. That is, the cosmic bliss we begin to access through our sadhana, or spiritual disciplines. The human sexual impulse is merely a metaphor for the cosmic creative impulse that creates all that we see and do not see. The Stoltrum invites us to ride that wave with her, in essence, to become her. The sword is bestowed upon reciters of the Kadgamala Stotra symbolizes the power or energy that enables us to transcend attachment, enabling self-realization. As Sri Amritananda Natta explains, the sword metaphorically severs the head, separating body from mind. It can also be interpreted as wisdom, that which separates, categorizes, and classifies. So it is a symbol of knowledge. Kadgamala is about imagining a garland of synergistic ideas, nourishing and protecting them and putting life into them. And um, of all the recitations, they said to somebody, why did you choose the Kadgamala? And um, many people have asked how to begin a serious shakta practice, something more advanced and more specific than our most basic and totally valid advice, just pray to the mother. And yet not so complex and time-consuming as to place it beyond the reasonable capacity of an average devotee. Um, the Kadgamala Stotra is very advanced, very powerful recitation from the Sri Vidya school of Shaktism, and yet it is totally within the reach of anyone who approaches it in a spirit of serious, sustained devotion and practice. And why should someone recite it? Um, just uh, my note here. Because it condenses a long series of complicated rituals into a very simple, easily achievable recitation meditation that anyone can learn and hugely benefit from. The full puja of the Davies takes hours because each point we pause and do some smaller, detailed pujas. Hence, the sages of yore created this as an alternative, short-form recitation that is more suitable for the demands and time constrictions of modern life. According to one advanced Sri Vidya Upasak, who is a member of this group, all of the sadhana of Sri Vidya can be achieved by the recitation of the Kadgamala. Hours of long ritual compressed to less than half an hour of intense meditation that will give you a ticket on the same plane as the great Sri Vidya Upa, uh, Upasakas. Whatever your developmental stage, this is it. Even those who have not been initiated into Sri Vidya, okay, can benefit from the Kadgamala. Stotras are one tool of Sri Vidya Upasana that is open to all categories of people. It does not have ritualistic injections of do's and don'ts. All you need to do is recite. Then, by and by, Davies will become visible and you will feel the bliss of union with the ultimate. And as this goes on, the necessary teachers will appear as if from thin air to guide you further. Okay. And that, that kind of goes along with what I say because... Um, even though, like, my guru does not necessarily tell people to recite Kadgamala, but she does encourage people to recite Lalita. So the idea that you cannot benefit from this if you're not an initiate, um, I don't agree. Okay. Um, and yes, and, uh, you know, somebody asks, is it okay to recite it without a guru? Yes, it is Stotra and also Mala Mantra. That is a mantra with more than a thousand letters. Keep in mind that the original source document of the Stotram has been lost to the best of modern knowledge other than a few stray excerpts that have survived here and there. So injunctions, if any, have been lost. But the simple fact is that many, many people have recited the Kadgamala Stotra without injunctions and attained everything. Therefore, it can be assumed there are no negative injunctions. Okay. And then they go into the, um, the text of it. Um, now it's, uh, it, you know, it's, you know, again, I, I don't... Um, 
let's see if I go through here and I just take a quick look at it. I'm just trying to think if there's anything that I want to um, to talk about within it uh, other than what I've mentioned. So they have the the Dianum, of course. There's always that um, introductory passage, and then it goes into the actual um, text of it. Yeah. Oh, you know, Om I'm Rim Klim I'm Klim Sul. You know, Om Namas Tripura Sundari. Um, Hriya Devi, Shiro Devi, Shikha Devi, Kavacha Devi, Nature Devi, Asta Devi, Kameshwari, Bhagamalani, Nichakline Berunde, Vahini Vasini, Mahavajeshwari, Shiva Dutti, Twarite, Kula Sundari, Niche Nila Patake, Vijaya Sarva Mangale. This is what you've just heard. So I'm just re repeating it. But these are all um, names of the goddess. And then um, then you have the Mai, um, you know, the goddess, you know, the goddess that pervades, the goddess uh, that pervades, the goddess that is, is, is perceived in a certain way. Um, and then you have the, uh, the Siddes, which are the powers. Um, and then, um, then the Sarva, which is the, um, the attractions. Um, she who does everything. Um, <clears throat> And so then, and then we get into the um, the Karshani, which is the attractions. Um, and then you know, and then you get into some more um, simple names, uh, you know, after that. So um, so anyway, so this is um, you know, this is what we have here, um, you know, for the for the De uh, Sri Devi Kadgamala. Um, now um, let me just say something too about this because the because the Kadgamala goes through it, it it assumes it goes through each of the enclosures of the Sri Chakra. I just want to read this from uh, David Kinsley's book on tantric visions of the divine feminine. Uh, Sri Chakra can be read from center to the outer gates, or conversely from the outer gates to the center. In the former case, one imagines the creation of the world as one moves forward from the center outward. The sequence is called Sristikrama. One identifies oneself with expanding creation and understands one's spiritual prowess and awareness to be expanding along with the cosmos. In the reverse process, the Sataka imagines the gradual dissolution of the cosmos and its reintegration into the Bindu, with, which is without name and form. The sequence is called the Samarakrama. And in the course, one imagines one's own dissolution and gradual reintegration into the one represented by the Bindu. In both cases, the Sri Chakra is read as a schematic rendering of one's spiritual journey. In each case, either case, the exercise, which is undertaken ritually, is held to be spiritually uh, transformative. Um, okay. Um, let me see if there was uh, any other piece of this that I wanted to look at. Um, okay. Um, okay, yeah, and uh, inextricably related to the Sri Vidya Mantra and central occult, um, the Sri Chakra, the Yantra is to be held in the mind or worshipped in a physical manifestation. Like the Mantra, the Yantra is not an abbreviated or schematic representation of the anthropomorphic goddess. The Sri Chakra is the goddess herself in complete unmediated form. It fully contains uh, and expresses her. Like the Mantra, the Sri Chakra is the self-revelation, the self-expression of the goddess in her most essential form. As the Swarupa of the goddess who encompasses all of reality, everything inheres in the Sri Chakra. All of reality and the very nature of reality can be read in terms of it. If we think of the mantra as the expression of ultimate reality in the form of sound, 
then we can think of the Sri Chakra as the form of Brahman in schematic or visual form, uh, Brahman being form here. The chakra is essentially made up of nine triangles, five pointing downward, four pointing upward. In some cases, five are pointing upward and four are pointing downward, which overlap each other and create many subsidiary triangles. These, in turn, are located within an eight-petal lotus, which is, in turn, within a 16-petal lotus. The lotuses are surrounded by four circles and the hole, which is enclosed within four gates of triple lines. Okay. Um, it expresses the essential nature of ultimate reality is the interaction and mutual coherence of Shiva Shakti, male-female, potentiality, and actuality. The Bindu represents their absolute union and identity, while the rest represents their evolution in the cosmos. The five downward-pointing triangles represent Shakti, while the upwards represent Shiva. They overlap to represent the mingling interaction and mutual influence of these two powers. Predominance of Shakti in the surrendering of the chakra implies her dominant position in the creation. Each petal of the lotus has a presiding female deity. Um, these Shaktis or attendants are guardians of the central deities, Shiva and Shakti in union in the Bindu. There are also attendant deities at the outer gates, often associated with the Siddhis or spiritual magical powers, perfections acquired by the Sadaka and his or her spiritual sojourn. In general, the Siddhis associated with the outermost deities are the least powerful and the least difficult to acquire, while those associated with the innermost deities are the most difficult to acquire and the most spiritually potent. Okay, so he, that's what he has to say about that. Um, okay, and uh, I just want to see if I have any anything, any other um, comments on the Sri Chakra. I think this is might be, um, I, I want to just talk briefly about the Lalita, but uh, Sahasranama. And it's, um, so I just have one other comment from um, uh, Mataji Devi uh, Vanamali um, on her book on Shakti uh, in the, um, on the, on the uh, Sri Chakra. Um, the Sri Chakra is the king, or as I say, the queen of all chakras for another reason. It contains all the chakras within it in the same way that the Divine Mother contains and sustains all other gods and goddesses. Therefore, it is said that by using Sri Chakra, one can worship any god or goddess. The vibrations that emanate are so positive that even a person who sits near it is subtly influenced by it without its his or her knowledge. Hence, it is present in many centers of worship. Adi uh, Shankarachara is famous for having installed the Sri Chakra in all temples he visited or established all over India. Modern mathematicians are astounded by the beauty and symmetry of this amazing figure, the secret of which they've not been able to fathom. The lines and angles are delicate and sharp. The curves and petals are round and smooth. Its intricate pattern defies all intellectual analysis. The universe is a projection of the Paramatman who creates in it uh, order and to know himself and to see himself. The goal of life is conscious and voluntary return of the Jiva Atman back to the Paramatman. If the divine consciousness were only the inaction of unmanifest bliss, there would be no universe and no creation, right? Hence the reason Adam and Eve had to leave the garden. In contrast, the Supreme manifests himself so that he might become conscious of himself. The first manifestation is light. The light contains within it the seed of an unformulated desire to manifest. The seed desire, um, or vimarsha, as Tantra names it, is the original Shakti or Mother Goddess. Whereas the color of the light is pure white, the color of desire or Shakti is red, since it presupposes activity of the Rajas. The seed is the digit of desire. At this time, the goddess is known as Kameshwari, giver of desires. This desire creates a throb or spanda, which concentrates into a spot or bindu, and it contains the seed of all of creation. When it gets into the mood to create further, it emanates as a sound and is known as sabda brahman. 
Sabda Brahman contains both Shiva and Shakti, which projects into three points. These points stand for Icha Shakti, Jnana Shakti, and Kriya Shakti, or the powers of desire, knowledge, and action, without which the universe could not have been created. The three points also stand for the three gunas, Sattva, Rajas, and Tamas, which are the qualities of primordial matter. They also denote the three states of consciousness, waking, dreaming, and deep sleep. The three points from the primary triangle, that of the Sri Chakra, the Bindu or dot in the center denotes the Turiya state of pure consciousness. The original Bindu is the point of contact between the creator and his creation. It is the drop that swells in the ocean of consciousness. It is the cipher by which everything else is deciphered. The Bindu is the navel of the Sri Chakra from which the whole of the creation originates. Okay. Um, I think that's as much as I want to say on the Sri Chakra. I don't, um, I mentioned, as I was going to mention Lalita Sahasranama. Uh, I've been told over and over again um, that Lalita Sahasranama, a daily recitation of it or listening to it, um, is, you know, uh, one, one woman said to me, she goes, if you recite Lalita every day, you will be, you will, you know, you will, everything will always be taken care of for you. You will never have anything to worry about. And um, and I do actually um, recite Lalita Sahasranama every day. I can't say I've been doing it for years. Um, I've sort of picked up on it again um, in recent months because it does seem to feel uh, to be very beneficial along with other things. Um, but uh, there are there are books out there. Um, there is a book called The Thousand Names of the Divine Mother, which actually goes into translations of each of the um, uh, names of the Lalita Sahasranama. But it tends to be, um, I, I find the translations there to be a little, I don't know, I don't want to say lightweight, but I don't know that they entirely convey what all the names are about or what the names are about in combination. Um, nonetheless, um, like I said, my guru um, and anybody who follows Ama, has, you know, you, you can buy the Archana with, um, from, her, from her programs with, uh, with the Lalita Sahasranama Stotra and the Namavali, which I'm, as I mentioned is the, um, you know, Om, you know, Om uh, Atma Vidyaye Namaha, you know, whatever, you know, whatever the name is, you know, in a, Nama, in a Namavali form rather than in a Stotra form. But um, but either way, um, you know, to, to recite the thousand names of the Divine Mother, um, again, that is essential Sri Vidya practice. And when you do that in combination with the with looking at the Sri Chakra, you, you, you see how the how the two are connected. You see um, how the Sri Lalita describes um, and, 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 you know, gives the interpretation of everything of all of the um, the the aspects of the Sri Chakra, shall we say, the aspects of Lalita. So. Um, and I'm going to end the, the podcast with a little bit, probably just from the very end of uh, Lalita Sahasranama rather than the beginning. Um, but, uh, you know, so, so you know, again, if, you're, if, if it's something, if, if the whole practice is interesting to you, you probably would like, you know, would want to listen to uh, a particular recording of it. There's many of them out there. Um, and recordings actually are a good way, if, if you're somebody who's actually interested in reciting these sort of mantras, or stotra, or any of these um, kinds of things, it's very good to um, to listen to a recording, especially if you are not, um, you know, you're not a native speaker of any of the Hindi or Sanskrit type languages. If you're not, if those are not native to you, um, you know, you were not born in India, or you were not, you know, then then it's it's a good idea to listen. It's like anything; it's it's a good idea to hear native speakers and learn from them, learn from the pundits and 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 from the um, the native, you know, those who, um, you know, to whom that language is, is familiar and, and the inflections and the, um, the accents are familiar uh, in order to learn it properly. 
Um, so with that, I'm going to leave you with that. So next week, we're going to start talking. We're going to start with talking about the goddess Kali. Um, but hopefully this has given you enough of an introduction um, to things. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. Um, I've had a few comments on the podcast. It's like, wow, feels almost like a lecture, I realize. And I apologize for that. These are probably not as interesting as some of the others. But um, but anyway, but that's, that's sort of uh, where we're at with it. Um, so I just want to say thanks again very much for listening. Thank you to all of my patrons. Um, please check out my page, patreon.com slash chthonia. Um, working on chthonia.net. That should be up and ready soon. Um, but then, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, and check me out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Like I said, I'm on Facebook more than other places, but, um, but I do at least, at very least you'll see when a new podcast episode is coming out. Uh, so thanks again, everyone for your support and listening and until the next episode. अव्याजकरुणामूर्ति रग्यानद्वान्तदीपिका आबालगोपविदिता सर्वानुलंघ्यशासना श्रीचक्रराजनिलया श्रीमत्रिपुरसुंदरी श्रीशिवाशिवश